You're listening to the Black Belt Podcast, and this is episode 11. As always, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast, and thanks very much to the people who always do. I hope you'll continue to do so. Today, I'm chatting with another one of Scotland's top competitors, Miss Katrina Kerr. Katrina is an ITF Taekwondo World Champion and a four times European Champion. Today, I talked to Katrina about her experiences to now and her goals moving forward. So, uh, what's up? Yeah, not much. Just uh, at home. <laughs> Can't go find- anywhere, so we're stuck. Yeah, how are you finding the isolation stuff? Uh, I'm actually, do you know, I'm actually quite enjoying it for now, anyway. Because uh, I'm like still doing uni and things like that, then I'm basically just working from home, which is really handy. Uh, what do you do at university? Uh, sports science. Ah, oh, nice. How many years is that yeah. course? Uh, it's four years, but I finish in a few weeks, so I'm in fourth year, so yeah. Lots of projects then, is it? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm doing my dissertation, but we, uh, we're researching and then obviously all this kicked off and we didn't get to finish our last few testing sessions. So we were like, I don't know, like 10 sessions away from like fully completing our research project um, in terms of the research. And we got told we can't go back into the lab. So uh, I think our lecturers having to kind of modify our data a little bit. That means make it up. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But... uh... So uh, just to start off with somebody like maybe the Taekwondo chat, um, if you like, you said you listened to the podcast, anybody else listen knows I tend to start with like how you started. So like, how did you get involved in Taekwondo? Um, yeah, it was a few years ago now. So I would have been, I think I was eight when I started, eight or nine, which actually in terms of nowadays is quite, it's quite old really. Um, but yeah, my brother started actually before I did. Uh, and I was always that kid that was like, I want to try that. I want to do that. I want to do that. So, yeah, he was doing it. And because he was doing it, I needed to do it. So I started it as well. And then, yeah, after that, just been going ever since, really. So when, so you were training, so you're going about uh, 10 years? To, will be... Uh, More, sorry, 13, 14 years? Yeah, 30, I think I'm 13 or 14 this year. Yeah, must be about that. It's a long time, long time. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lifetime, Matt. But yeah, it's mad when you think like eight or nine kind of is a little bit late. To, well, not late in terms like in terms of your ability to do well in the sport, but just in terms of like the general age that people start is a little bit later. Like I was even, yeah. I was seven close to eight, which like that is, you see some people start training at three or four. So, uh, well, I actually think, uh, being that little bit older, being seven, eight, nine is nearly a better time to start because you're just a, a bit more coordinated. You have a little bit more understanding about like just how to move, and your attention is a little bit better. Like you know, just wanting to jump around the place. You're wanting to like you know, <laughs> come in and actually take hold in the sport. Like you know. Yeah, definitely. Some of the kids I teach, yeah, we like our class at three, so. You know, they're just about games and getting them moving and teaching them a little bit of discipline and all the rest of it. But yeah, I definitely think kind of age I was at was probably about the right time for me. 
And uh, did then like as a color belt, did you you would have did you compete a lot as a color belt? Yeah, initially, um, I don't think you were allowed to compete really um, until you were about yellow belt when I was younger. Uh, so I did compete a little bit, um, kind of early grades. It's really hard to kind of remember. I remember doing my first ever tournament though, and I'd I think I'd bombed out of all my individual events, and then we had this. Uh, team sparring event there was only three of us from my club and we were just like little tiny seven-year-old yellow belts and it was just absolute mental sparring but yeah it was it was it was uh one of my I think probably still one of my standouts yeah so it was 3v3 and then I think my team had drawn with another team and uh I got put up against this absolute ginormous person but you know, it's like in team sparring when you're fighting for your yeah. team and you're not fighting for yourself. I just absolutely went for it, and we we actually won it. And to be fair, like even now, that's probably one of my favorite favorite memories. But yeah, through like the rest of my color belts, I think uh, it was more towards like blue and red, green a little bit more. That I really started to compete a little bit more. I would have been, would you have had a preference like at that time to like patterns over sparring or sparring over patterns would you have had a, a more a favorite event or would you have favored more one than the other uh when i was younger i was definitely patterns without a doubt yeah i was the same yeah 100 percent. i uh used to just get battered all the time <laughs> i was kind of the same yeah i was granted uh i found i was always okay sparring in the club but then I'd go to the competition and I'd do nothing. Would just lose first round. Yeah. Like if I got a if I got a bronze, I was doing really well. And then I got to about blue belt and I started to maybe get to the final. But like that, like I was saying to Giles the other day, I uh, like I maybe only won four actual gold medals in sparring as a color belt. And um, I got a couple of bronzes and stuff. But like most of my medals, gold medals, would have been in, in patterns. And I I would have preferred patterns. I wouldn't have really. I never really cared how I didn't aspire in the tournaments because usually I had a medal in patterns and I was happy <laughs> enough with that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's really similar to me. I was always uh, always up there, golds and silvers for patterns, like through all the grades pretty much. I was kind of like, I knew that I could do patterns and the sparring, like when I was younger, I was so small. I was just tiny and I just got absolutely hammered all the time. That and when I was uh, when I was really young, so I was like yellow and green, probably into blue belt. Um, like I've got really terrible eyesight, so I always had to wear one of those like proper face shields because it was before the time that you could get like sports goggles and stuff. Yeah, but it was just it was awful. Everyone just stared at you, and I was like, oh, this is really uncomfortable because I had to wear this like mask over my face. <laughs> So you stood out as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, just a nightmare, really. <laughs> and uh, so then, what age were then? You would have been. What age were you when you got the black belt? Uh, thirteen. Thirteen when I got my black belt. And was it pretty much so, straight? In, it was pretty much straight into national team then, wasn't it? Just yeah. My first campaign was 2012, so I think I was 14 about a week before the tournament. Just made it um, in. That's yeah, my birthday is the start of April, so I 
made it uh, made it in by the skin of my teeth. But again, I was only there to do patterns. I I didn't spar for my first one. I was too I was just too light and I had no confidence, so I didn't get put in for sparring. But patterns and team yeah. patterns, it was. Right, I might have been better off. You were only just making it in at fourteen and could have been stepping out against an eighteen-year-old who has four or five tournaments behind him, a lot more experience. It's like, yeah. Maybe that first one. I remember watching it as well. I watched it and I was just like, yeah, there is no way that I'd be able to cope with that. So it was definitely the right decision. It kind of gave me that little bit of uh, insight into what I needed to kind of the level that I needed to bring myself up to before I could even do that. So yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah, it's funny. Same time and time again to people like the first one really is just just figuring out what like just seeing what what it's all about like seeing the level you have to get to because I think like that you go to the first one thinking thinking you can do all right and hoping that you're good enough but then you kind of step away going I know I I wasn't there not ready at all I need to up my game big time and that's the level I need to get to yeah I think you'll think like oh yeah I'm number one in my country or whatever like training in the club and you're managing to beat people you you step out on the mat to uh, Euros, it's a totally different ball game completely. Definitely, yeah. And um but you said like do you but you won a medal in the next you sparred in the year after, wasn't it? Sweden. You got a medal in Sweden for sparring. Yeah, I sparred uh, under forty five. Uh which <laughs> that's light. Um sparred under forty five there and got gold for that. But that was an interesting one as well because there was two in my category for it. Just me and uh, an English girl, so there was just the two, but I remember being like, oh, I really don't want to kind of be in it, like, um, if I meddle, like, people are going to think, like, if, like, say, if I got silver or whatever, people are just going to think I got it for being there or whatever, but I remember my instructor saying to me, like, the way that you've trained for it and um, it's, like, it's not your fault that there's nobody in it, like, you've done better than all the people that haven't entered. So kind of that kind of pushed on to do it uh, for that one, and it really was. It was good. It was a good moment that one. Kind of uh, gave me the confidence boost for going to the rest of them. Well, like I didn't even, uh, I didn't know it was only two in it. I just knew that you had a medal and done really well. Like so, and even gold. Like so, people maybe over time people forget how many people are in the division. Yeah, all I, definitely. All I, all I remember is the gold medal. Yeah, well, that's all you need to remember, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but like, so, how many times then did you win? I mean, how many times did you win as a junior? How many euros? Uh, four. Four. So, it was a successful mm-hmm. junior junior career, to say. Yeah, I did. Um, did five euros as a junior, and I sparred in four, on one course. Good record, good record. Um, yeah. And you were do you did patterns at all of them as well, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did patterns. Um, did first degree. I would have been two thousand and twelve to two thousand and fourteen. I was in first degree patterns. Uh, pretty much quarterfinal exit for all of them, which was always hard to take. Um, just always tapping on the door for them, but never 
never could cross the line, I suppose. And then second degree, 2015 through to 2018. Yeah, 2018 it turned. No. Well, yeah, 2015 onwards, I would have been in second degree parents. So, yeah. It was mostly second degree, I quite often came away with bronze, which was quite good. But same thing, I could never just get to that next level with them. Yeah, it's it's hard when you're a multi-eventer, when you're trying to balance the patterns and the sparring. And when you're, especially I think when you're doing, when you're doing well in one event, like you're winning, you're picking up medals in sparring, it can be hard then to really try and focus in on the patterns and give that everything that it might need to, to take all there, especially when you're going against people who are just doing patterns. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, some people just, they're just there doing technique stuff. They're like day after day in their gyms. And I was like, like if you're multi-event, you're trying to balance. One day you need to do fitness, one day you need to do drills, next day you need to do technique, kick-ins, flexibility. Like you do need to just be able to do everything. And it's, it's really hard to be able to be top dog in both I suppose so yeah. talk to the people that can actually completely do it but yeah but I still I still enjoy patterns so that's always kind of why I did them anyway yeah I was just, I do enjoy them but I, I kind of stepped away from patterns because I was looking at like am I really going to put the time it would take to to win at four to six degree patterns which the answer was no. Like when you're looking at Lillian and Lillian's, <laughs> and, and that's all he does. It's like, am I going to put that time in? No, because I'd have to take some time away from sparring training, which I didn't really want to do. So like that, I still enjoyed them. I'll probably go back to them at some point, but right now I just stepped away from them. But like that, I don't think there is, like if you look, I don't think there is many, especially at senior, there isn't many people who do both, who win in both of them. No, I don't think so. Not anymore. Probably the only one that I could really think of off the top of my head is Sylvia. She used to, Sylvia Farage, she used to do both the double. But, yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, no, you're right. There's probably probably very few. Maxime Bujol used to do very, we used to win them both. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but since, again, not, not that many people. It's just so hard. I think especially when you go to senior. Um because you really get on and then into the specialists, people who are just doing patterns and then people who are just doing sparring. And because uh, I think at that time as well, you've kind of, you figured out what you're actually good at. Like a junior, you're kind of in all the events and you don't really maybe really know and you're picking up a medal here and a medal in this. And then by the time you're at senior, you know, well, my best chance of a medal is in this event. So I'm going to focus more there. And then you end up, one, one event ends up dropping off. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, like with junior tournaments the kind of the groups of people used to change so much with you know like what's like uh people not competing because of exams or can't make it because they can't afford it or whatever so I think the junior pools used to change a lot but senior nowadays you look at the lists of names and you're like yeah I know who that is yeah I know who that is I know who that is because they're just people that have been around for so long and know what they're doing and all the rest of it so yeah definitely worth kind of knowing your strengths and weaknesses are I suppose yeah definitely yeah senior it's it's kind of funny that yeah you just know straight away like there's those five six seven names that you just see every time you're just like oh yeah they're just yeah. a regular division 
and then you have the new ones Definitely. who make step up junior <laughs> yeah i think nowadays as well like like you were saying with geals as well like even myself i had so many campaigns as a junior by the time i was senior like second nature anyway there's no seniors nowadays really that come in for their first tournament and have never done like a euros or a world it's rare to find that nowadays yeah like yeah there is actually nobody jumping out who wouldn't have competed at a couple of times as a junior and then stepped into senior there's one of the few that you would have, i don't know if you remember him from 2012 the dimitri guy from ukraine he won 63 he fought toral in the yeah, final ve- ve- yeah vaguely actually yeah i do remember that yeah i think that was his first i think that pretty sure that was his first championships um, in RITF anyway, and he ended up obviously winning the 63 division, but like like that, he he stands out because it doesn't happen too often. Yeah, exactly. That's why you remember it, I suppose. Isn't it? Is there anybody I'm trying to think? Is there anybody else? But I don't think so. Like most people, even if it was only one tournament as a junior, like it's still something. There's nobody who comes in really first time, senior, and does yeah. really well. Because yeah, you just it's. Even just how to find handle like the nerves of the whole week, because I think sometimes you you get there or like on a Wednesday and you mightn't be competing till a Saturday, and you have those couple of days where you're sitting there nervous and it's building up, it's building up, it's building up, and it takes a couple of times, it takes a couple of goes around to kind of how to to deal with those nerves and and get used to it and know how to get in the right mindset to perform on the day that you are actually performing. Yeah, definitely. I think it's well, like when they do. Uh... I would like now more recent years they've like started taking like proper lunch breaks and a couple of hours between um sort of the afternoon and the morning um bits of the tournaments and if like I know for me I need a fight or so to kind of wake up and get going and like last year when I was at the world I was I think I was on for two fights and then they shut down for lunch and then I had a fight and then I then that was me in the semis, which were then two days later. And then I had to break and then I had the final. And it was just so bitten. Yeah, you definitely need to know how to kind of control your head in that time. Like keep yourself focused, but also know how to relax and not burn your energy on all your nerves. Yeah, even the, the worlds in Dublin, the way they kind of the draw worked out was there was about three matches in the first round who will say I like, didn't get a bye. So then I had to spare maybe second match. I think it was like second match in the division. But then when I went through, the person who kind of had the boy that I should have been winning to fight was from, was it maybe, it was from a, a country who did, I can't think of what the country was now. Oh, I, I, can't, I can't remember exactly. But they didn't turn up. So then I actually had like a boy in my second round. So I fought the first <laughs> round. And then I had like like an hour and a half nearly of a wait by the time they went through all the draw back down from the top down to where I should have got the buy and then back up and then back down again. So it was like, so I was waiting ages for the second match. And then like I was, I had two matches, the lunch break happened, fought the semi-final yeah. and then it was another break until they started running the finals. So I was like, the division started at 11 o'clock and I didn't fight the final until maybe five. <laughs> It's just mental that just actually. Spread up. Like, like you said, with the, with the way it was in Germany, you had to wait a couple of days to fight, even fight the semi-final and final. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's a 
different as well like over the length like or over the duration of the full day you had like you were on and off and so you had to switch on and off like it was the same for me I had to go back to my hotel like speak to my teammates like it was just the regular evening the next day I was walking around the tournament like watching other people sparring and people coming up to me like oh you're in the semis tomorrow like good luck and I was like oh god yeah like yeah I am actually I need to keep remembering that and it's really hard to be able to yeah that you're done but also not constantly just think about it because otherwise it's a bit uh detrimental as well like if it's just always on your mind so yeah I definitely have the people that can you know they've they've been there done that type of thing as well and they help keep you busy but not busy enough that you forget I suppose uh did you put so did you like to have the semi-finals and finals on a their own separate day would you like to see that happen again or would you prefer to just run the division on the same day uh probably just run it to be honest I think by the time you get to day two you've already started to feel up all the bruises and bumps that you've taken from two days ago and uh like I say getting back to that headspace and not letting it overwhelm was uh yeah it's tricky but I think one day you're just there you just do the job and then that's it you can enjoy the rest of the tournament yeah but yeah like when I was uh when I've done worlds and that in the past it's all just been over and done within the same day like there's been lulls and whatever between bouts but I think it's easier just to keep yourself away from normality for the day rather than have to drag it across to yeah because in in Germany at my initial thought was I really enjoyed it I think I liked having the having to spread across two days but I was on on the Friday evening so it was like I had only just finished it was like go back to the hotel get some dinner, go to bed, get up and fight the semi-final. So, you know, it was only like yeah. it wasn't. I didn't have a day of thinking about it. And because I had a, a tough match in the quarterfinal, it was kind of like great. I kind of felt like it was great, right, to get a break and then come back for another tough match in the semi-final. So I got my ch- chance to kind of rest and reset and get like that, get my mind in the right place. But I didn't have a lot of time to think about it. So that's where initially I was like, oh, yeah, it's great. I'd love to see that happen all the time. But then when I think about the people who had to wait, a day or two before they had to fight, I could see maybe that's not the best. I could see why other people wouldn't like it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's quite probably quite ideal for you. Like, it's good sometimes if you've uh, if you've had that tough works. match that's really kind of pushed you physically and mentally. Then you sometimes just need that little bit of a rest to take it all in and digest before you move on to the next one. So, yeah definitely ideal for for some of it anyway yeah and i found it was it was kind of richie kind of made the point at the time that maybe for some people it was nearly good that at the end of the first day getting to the semi-final they kind of got like it felt like a win that you kind of got to like you know at the team meeting you got a clap from your teammates it was like oh well done you got to the semi-final it was like you know they were on a high from from that is it like just getting the medal and then they got to maybe have another high again then of maybe going and winning a winning another medal, like going and maybe getting to the final. So then they got another high. So it was like, because it was split up, like you got, it, it, it kind of helped a small bit. But again, I don't think that the wait in between, the wait in between the, 
the two days isn't uh, isn't ideal. I don't think really. Um, but uh, well, so, uh, this you stepped out. Germany was the first time you moved up to fifty six. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yep, first fifty six it was. Well, was there a standout reason for prompting the change in weight division, or? Oh, just uh, I suppose the standout reason was that it was bloody brutal trying to get to fifty for the last time. <laughs> uh, yeah, just my last fifty. I think I was just hitting that point where I was like, you know, it's just becoming more about a weight cut rather than just training for the sake of training win or training to compete like it was just training to cut weight all the time and it just wasn't so enjoyable and I was like I've done what I need to do at 50 like it's time to give myself a new challenge and step up the game a little bit so yeah just for the sake of kind of my own health and well-being I was like yeah it's time yeah and like you said just enjoyment of enjoyment of the sport yeah absolutely like I feel so much better when I train nowadays like I can you know I can go out for meals and stuff as well like and I don't have to like worry about it when I was catching my final 50s of like my birthday is always like the week before the championships and I'm always like oh I'm not having any birthday cake or anything like that so now it's just bliss I can have a little bit of a life and I can uh really knuckle down and put my all in training because I'm not fitted or anything like that so yeah definitely was the right time and I mean it paid off so <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say it was obviously like first time at 56 you win the world championships it's it, it was obviously a, a good move <laughs> oh. that just froze But, um, oh, yeah, yeah, like you say, like, move it first time going to fifty six. You win the world championships, so it was a, it was obviously a re, a good a good move a good move to make. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think uh, I kind of did my time at fifty as well. I mean, I competed in fifties from two thousand and fifteen to two thousand and eighteen. So yeah, by the time I was hitting 56, I was more than ready to kind of take the jump and like go for it, I suppose. And yeah, there was definitely like a difference. I could feel it when I was competing against the different weight class and all the rest of it. Like the girls are taller, they're kind of more sturdy on their feet, like in terms of they're probably not even 56 by the time they're sparring. Same as what I was like when I was 50. So. Yeah, there's definitely a difference, but I enjoyed it. I I actually think probably that's not because of the result, but actually one of my best tournaments in terms of like performance as well. So yeah, it was yeah. a good move. Yeah, because you would have been you were tall for fifty. So like then like when you step into fifty six, you're kind of just the same height as everybody else. Like it's not like you were going to be any smaller than those people and those girls. No, definitely not. I remember my my instructor saying to me like when we were think like thinking about it because obviously it's a bit of a nerve-wracking decision just to kind of take that leap but he was like you're not going to be any smaller or any weaker than any of the other people in that division like 
already tall for the weight that you're at. So yeah, it was definitely uh that helped, I suppose, when I moved in that in terms of stature, not that that's everything in a, a farm boat, but yeah, it definitely helped that I wasn't be out of my depth. Yeah. Being being tall in this sport kind of definitely helps. <laughs> yeah. All but a good front leg. Uh, a little bit a little bit lanky in the legs. Yeah, that's kind of me. <laughs> I think that's even like if you see, especially like you said, it's when you look at the the junior divisions, like there's a because you can't really it's so hard to plan for who's going to be in the division. If you're tall with a good front leg, like a flexible front leg that you can kick, like you're kind of you're built that you're gonna have a, a good chance of winning. Yeah, I think it's always uh, for a long, long time that's always been the bread and butter. That if you've got that, like you can, you can attack, you can defend. Like you're pretty much sorted in terms of keeping yourself safe and getting points. But um, yeah, definitely. And uh, the Boroughs in Germany, how many matches did you have? Did you you said it was, it was five matches? You said wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, five. Would that have been the most you've had in the championships? Um, I don't. I think I've probably hit five a couple of times. Um, because I've done, I've had two World Cups as well. So, one junior, one senior. So I think two thousand eight, no, two thousand sixteen. That was Budapest. I think I must have done, um, four or five rounds then as well. Uh, to get to the final so yeah it's, I'm definitely not a stranger to having four or five rounds rounds of sparring yeah. but um, it's something I actually enjoy having because I know if I can hit round four or round five then I've done I've done a good job <laughs> yeah 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 I think I've only because I've only went I've only had happened to have the five matches once, which was the worlds in were worlds in Ireland, the other couple of times that it's always it's been four matches. So I remember thinking at the time it was only after I thought she's never had to actually go to five. You kind of train expecting you'll have five because it's like the, on average like that's what most of the divisions kind of take to win. But just with the fifty-seven, the way it worked, I was like all the time I'd always have four. So uh, that's mm-hmm. my five. But uh, yeah, it's kind of it's it's tough. Like it's it's a good it's, it's an achievement to win five matches in a row. Like it's. On, on like all on one day it's yeah definitely and it's it's hard like it takes a lot to be able to maintain energy and things like that over that period of time like even with your rest and things like that to know even just what to do in the rest periods what to eat like all that sort of stuff it, it's just a skill in itself to be able to keep yourself going for those five rounds at the end of the day it doesn't just come down to like your aerobic capacity or anything like that like a whole whole kind of uh recipe of things that you need yeah i do think that's a a big thing as well like you said like having the the right stuff the right snacks at hand in between the rounds on the day like that takes that's part of the preparation then as well that sometimes can go unthought of i suppose uh you think like i'll just turn up and sure i'll just compete because like at a national tournament maybe only have 
two matches, maybe three. So it all runs off fairly fast. But like you said, at a Worlds or Europeans, it could run on for a little bit of time or even go across a couple of days. And you need to plan and be prepared for the the situation. Like be prepared to have yourself ready to perform. So like you have to have went to the shop, have went to, like have got done a bit of shopping and make sure you have the right stuff that, that you need. Yeah, definitely. And it's, well, like I think for or certainly for for kind of um regular competitors, like you you are prepping for those five. Like nobody preps for one round because yeah, yeah. you don't you don't uh expect to go out first round. I mean it happens and like at the end of the day sometimes just the other person's better or whatever like it's it's a game of points and uh but yeah you have to still be ready to go the long long haul I suppose yeah and not turning up to Sunday it'll be grand kind of I'll sure I'll be fine (laughs) and yeah yeah and then so like how do you find then you said you're in the fourth year of uh, college how do you find balancing college and uh, and compete and training to compete? And I, if you work as well, I'm not totally sure if you if you work as well. Um, but if you do, how do you balance that then as well? Um, in all honesty, it's probably a lot of difficulty. <laughs> I mean, like first year of uni, I didn't. I, I don't think it was particularly difficult because it's more just kind of learning the basics of. Um, what you've kind of done in sixth year at school that that's kind of most of what my course was about it wasn't really like super challenging in terms of the workload uh, but yeah definitely since I've done probably second and third definitely last year I could feel it um because I work I work uh, for my instructor taking taekwondo classes and uh gym classes as well so like spin and cross and stuff like that um and then obviously try to get my own training in on top of like teaching the classes. A lot of it's just myself. Like I just train myself most of the time. Um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely difficult. But I think when you have so much on as well, it kind of forces you to be, almost be good at time management. Because if you want to do all of these things, you have to be able to make time for them all. So I think a little bit of motivation and drive to be able to like want to compete want to win that's mostly what kind of fuels me to keep going but yeah definitely by the time I kind of hit Christmas time and the end of the year I'm more than ready for a bit of a rest and to try and catch up on some sleep (laughs) (laughs) yeah so do you find like like you said you do you find that the fact you are constantly busy you do have to be structured like you have to you have to plan out each day and know well this is the time I can get my training in because I have this on at this time and I have this on at another time that you have a good bit of structure to the day which could help yeah 100% like I don't think I could just uh wing it because um sometimes my days are literally like I've got an hour spare between 8 a.m and 10 p.m you know and could be between classes often I'll go to the gym at my uni and even if it's just a run on the treadmill or whatever for half an hour 45 minutes like that's what I'll do um and that just has to be my training for that day but yeah I I do try to get 
kind of in the dojang at least uh, once, once a day just to kind of run through stuff but yeah if I'm not if I'm not prepared then I don't know where I would be probably in the team at least <laughs> <laughs> and yeah like that then what does the kind of training schedule look like in terms of like uh you said cardio sessions strength condition sessions taekwondo sessions like what's kind of the balance that you have yeah I mean it's kind of changed over the years because obviously when I was um for fifth days I did not uh, I didn't really like touch a lot of weight work or anything like that um just in terms of like putting on too much muscle mass and then even more of a struggle to get to 50s because you know it's like once you're in that group like I wasn't really going to be bulking six kilos in the space of two weeks or whatever so um yeah it's 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 kind of changed a lot um now I do do a lot more kind of not even weight work but just like a lot of um like functional movements and try to incorporate that a little bit more uh a lot more almost like rehab stuff to try and keep myself in better shape like I think as well with the course that I'm doing at uni uh and just obviously getting older and understanding things a little bit more like I do see how much more important it is to train smart rather than just run for like three hours that's what I used to do when I was younger like I just get up go for a run and just not stop running until I got back home really and I would just keep doing that so yeah I definitely think that the way I train nowadays is probably probably less in terms of like the volume of training I'm doing but smarter it's more specific so it works better yeah, I think when you're in that age, like, and you, you first kind of come onto the team and go, start competing at that level, you just think you have to just train as much as you can. It's like, if I'm not training, I'm not going to do well. Like, I have to be constantly training. Like you said, the more you, the more experience you have, and like you say, the course, obviously, that you're doing in college helps to educate that kind of, that educate you there that, you know, it's, you're better off doing less sessions, but, you know, like you said, quality over the quantity of sessions. Yeah, and I think, do you know what? It can actually be really hard to do that, like make a conscious decision not to train in a day and be like, okay, I'm not training today because I've trained like eight times this week. Like I need to let my body rest and recover. And like if you're used to training full pelt every day of the week, week after week after week, then it's it's difficult to make that choice not not to train that day. And for a lot of people that, again, it goes back to in your head, like, if you're not training, you're not going to do well. But sometimes it's the opposite. You have to give yourself that that recovery period. Yeah. Uh, do, do you find that it's only kind of, I find myself that it's only when I look back, maybe the way I would have trained before or anything like that. It's At the time, it didn't feel like I was, at the time you felt great. You felt like you were doing the right thing. It's only when you look back and you go, well, that was a bit stupid that I was doing that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's when you look back now, you're kind of like, ah, why was I at the time? I felt it was the, it was the best thing. I was doing, I was doing 100 percent the right thing. Then you look back and just, no, nah, that was so stupid. Yeah, and you look back and you're like, I would never do that now. Like that, there's no no aid of my training in what I was doing or whatever, like like stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, you think it's right at the time, and I suppose you feel good for for doing it. And if you're able to push yourself to train like by yourself going out running early mornings like 
especially kind of junior level before school or before work even like then you've got the right mindset you just need to the knowledge to train uh, yeah the kind of more specific level do you find it you said you do a good lot of training by yourself do you find that hard sometimes to stay motivated yeah I think as well like with the kind of the amount of uni work especially in the last year year and a half that I've I've had to do like sometimes you're like oh now I've got to go get sweaty and push myself and whatever and I think that it's always in the back of my head like you train like someone's watching you all the time whether they are or not but yeah sometimes sometimes can be hard uh kind of the last year or so we've had a few juniors come through our club um which has been really helpful like in terms of my own training because I can then start to try and pull some of them and like they're super keen because they're starting out and all the rest of it so yeah they'll start coming to train and they're all junior boys so by the time they're they're a little bit older then it's handy like it's good people to train with but for a long time kind of a couple of years ago I was just always kind of there myself there's not like I live quite um well I live like northeast and so most of the team are down south like Glasgow Edinburgh type areas so yeah it can be quite isolated up up in sticks as they would call it (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah because I think definitely it does help if you have uh, a team of people a group of people around you even if it's sometimes if it's just one other person to keep you keep you accountable and keep you motivated that uh that helps a lot in in your training especially because like it could be a couple of a training campaign is a couple of months, twelve could be even sometimes be fifty up to fifteen weeks of a of a stretch like to before you step on the floor. So to stay motivated for that length of time can be hard if you're trying to do it on your own. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, um, kind of before uh, Germany and Bosnia, um, me and one of the guys from my club, we were doing like early morning sessions and. Uh, he's still only in fourth year so at, like at, at school so um, in terms of like those those sessions like sometimes you just wake up you're both just standing there in the in the dojang and you're like you don't even need to talk you're like okay let's just get done get to work or school and like you do so much better after it but yeah it's definitely handy to have have a good support network around you yeah, especially when you're getting up in the the cold mornings when you get up are the hard ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those are uh, thick and fast here as well. Like it's there's not often you get up and it's a nice morning. <laughs> yeah. Warm weather training, if we could if we could bring that in like without having to actually go to the water. Like if you could just change it, you wake up and it's like it's gonna be some bit warm out or sunny, like that'd be great. Oh, it'd be nice. Yeah, a nice change from freezing cold wind battering off your face and pouring rain. <laughs> and like, one thing, like the, just going back to the worlds in Germany. Uh, what did you think as well of the the the, the finals being on the the side rings? Would would you have 
preferred to have went up onto the center stage because I was only talking to one of the other guys the other the other day. It was Thomas actually. I was talking to Thomas and he was kind of he had the same thing where he was in the final and he had it on the sides that I just on one of the side rings and I kind of said like watching it it looked like and I was asking him did it feel like did it feel like you were in the final of the world championships now maybe it did because you you won but um in terms of the setup would you like to move to the center ring and have a bit more of a an occasion with the whole tournament watching that one match um yeah I mean I suppose because they'd moved moved it to the sec uh like two days later or a day later for me like uh most rings running were semis and finals so in terms of like it feeling a little bit more special I think it did uh, because it was only semis and finals I think if it'd been like regular tournament then yeah definitely and I've done like the centre ring bats and uh, finals and things like that and yeah definitely it does it does amplify it um, and make you I go wow like everybody's watching here like I need to make sure I'm on my A game but um yeah I mean it's always nice when that happens it's just I suppose it always comes down to logistics of tournaments like how often can all the divisions get up on the center for their uh for their finals yeah but well, like even for the people like around who wouldn't be competing that you want to see the final of every division but like they were sometimes running two finals at the same time. I was like, I would have liked to have seen every final go to the center stage and know, all right, that's definitely the final there. That was just one thing I thought from that tournament that I did. There was a good lot of matches that I missed and didn't see because I was maybe on one side and there was another one on complete on the other side of the, of the arena. But it'd be nice. One thing I would have thought if they stuck all the finals on center stage and kind of said like, well, this is the final of this division and everybody around could take notice of the person with of the match going on and the person who wins but uh yeah and I think like I think as well because it's like you're saying like it's such an achievement to win even like four rounds in a row or going to the fifth round like people deserve to be kind of recognized for that and not even necessarily who wins or who loses but like in terms of the effort and um determination it takes like that should be recognized in itself um I think as well in Germany because the the stands like the viewing stands were so high on the rings like it felt like you couldn't be at the kind of the action like I sort of felt that like you felt far away from what was going on and it was easy like it was easy to kind of lose track and focus and be like oh I'll just look over there I'll just look at this rather than when you're down at ringside then that's really when you can you can enjoy it so I yeah. think that really helped in terms of like getting the team involved and stuff like that as well for me anyway yeah because I had to, I had to, definitely had it in Germany and I've had it one or two other places as well but Germany is I suppose the most where recent time I had it is where the couple of days before you compete you're kind of it's like you're you're watching a taekwondo tournament like you're from afar and then as soon as you go out then to go down by the ring you kind of look around and you're kind of like, oh shit, I'm, I'm in the tournament now. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, I'm in the Taekwondo tournament now. It's like, it's a way different atmosphere <laughs> down there. There's a lot of people next to the rings there buzzing around doing their thing. There's coaches moving, there's umpires, there's people being called over here and there. And 
it, it's completely different. There's like, it's a lot more chaos than that kind of down there. And like that, you kind of like, oh, geez, there's a, this is a way different feel and atmosphere down here than you thought it was up in the stand. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, it goes from like, everyone in the stands is relatively kind of relaxed and chilled out because they're in yeah. the stands, they're watching, but as soon as you're down there on the floor, like, that's, that's game time and uh, people are nervous and getting buzzed up, ready to go, and you're like, oh, okay. like Yeah, it was like, in Germany, I felt like it was chaos. In Germany, I felt like there was chaos. There's just, like, it's a completely even different noise level. There's people shouting over here and just like, it's like, whoa, this is, this is different. But like that, I got the, I guess the nut, like it gets you pumped to go and uh, and compete but it is it is different like i imagine if that was your first time competing at a tournament and you got that feeling like that would definitely could send you the other way in early and get you more nervous but uh yeah it's definitely different i, I find a tournament sometimes when from being up in the stand to stepping down close to the ring it's a it's a different vibe yeah a hundred percent like i think the only uh the only one that I can think of as well, like that was pretty bad in terms of separating the the crowd from the mats was um Benidorm in two thousand and thirteen for the world. Yeah. And it was super high up stands and then it was just like a regular competition arena down on the floor and you're like, Well, this is completely completely different. People are watching basically the top of your head as you sparred. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like I definitely, yeah, I did notice that there as well. And um, by the time I got down ringside, it uh, it had the other effect. I didn't get so pumped and uh, didn't perform very well. But uh, so yeah, I have like I have had both sides of that. Yeah, the Benidorm was definitely another one. Yeah, where you were very far back. Great, you great that yeah. in the stands you could see everything. You could see all the rings and you could see what was happening. But like that, when you got down ringside, it was uh, it was a lot different. Yeah, and in terms of like. Some competitors need that, like they need their team, you know, round them, cheering and all the rest of it. And when they're so separated, like it does become difficult and does kind of bring it back to like, how well have you really prepped? What do you need? How do you control yourself in terms of like your emotions and things like that? Like, it's it's an interesting one that actually. And uh, which would you say, like in terms of all the tournaments, like like that the setup, which would you say has been your favourite? Or maybe the Worlds in Germany is the obvious one, but in terms of like, uh, like that setups or everything, like the setup of the tournament, the the way it felt in ringside, and then maybe the result. What would you say has been your favourite tournament? Um, well, that is quite hard. Um, I have a, like, it's difficult because I always have my like standout memories. I have like favorite tournaments for for different reasons. Like in Finland, I loved that tournament because it was my final. It's my final junior one. Um, so that like that was really good. Um, and it was like such a successful campaign as well for me. Like, pattern barring like all the rest of it. Um, and it was a good a good sort of vibe. Um, for that for that tournament um i think probably like one of my standouts as well has to be when scotland held the euros yeah yeah um because uh, i don't think you could it'll be maybe the same for like the world in ireland like i don't think you can really beat 
winning on your own sort of turf and in front of your home crowd like I think that's definitely one of the most special feelings that you can get like I don't think it's the same as winning abroad or the rest of it like it feels it feels amazing if you go go in far in all these different countries and you, you win but there's something different about being at home and doing it yeah def- definitely I didn't in the lead up to like the the worlds in Ireland, I didn't really think of that much. It's only like after having won where like, yeah, that was actually I'm so happy if I was to win anywhere. I'm glad it was it was in Ireland where like my family would got to be there. Because like my mum and dad and that and at that time my sister wouldn't have been away. She's since been on the team, so like she's been there, but my mum and dad wouldn't have been there. So for them to be there and to to win at that one was that that made it so much better. Yeah, 100%. Like, I'm quite similar. And, uh, I usually just go away with uh, my mum as my support team. <laughs> but when we were in the Scottish Euros, then there was, like, people from the club that I teach. There was people from clubs all over Scotland, like, coming up, like, oh, good luck, all the rest of it. Like, I had family. I had family friends that had never even been to a class never mind a tournament like coming yeah. along support so yeah it was it was 100% probably the best tournament for me like yeah I think that's that's probably got to be the best one so far yeah you like that that was a strange one yeah people from the club have been there because you're going you're, you're in the club and you're telling them what these tournaments are like and how big they are so like then for them to actually come along and, and feel that and see it, it it was kind of it was cool it was good for them yeah, and I think a lot of the time they don't know like what to do because it's so different from your regular national tournaments where even kids nowadays, they're getting more and more experience and they know who they're coming against or how they run. But it just steps up again when you're, when you're hitting the Euros or Worlds even. Like, it's just a completely different feeling. Yeah, definitely. Um another one just before we finish up uh i don't i don't know if you have any um if you have an interest maybe in combat sports like uh boxing mma or anything outside of taekwondo would you have an interest well i've kind of diced a little bit in like some kickboxing stuff um done the odd like full contact fight and um things like that but yeah mostly to be honest like i'm just my regular taekwondo i mean i yeah. can say like i sit and watch like mma and boxing fights and things on my phone and kind of keep ah. in touch with like i know people that um like a lot of people that i train with and that do do kickboxing and stuff as well which is totally cool i just i think sometimes i just don't have time to do more so yeah. i just usually just stick but yeah, I only ask because my next question is has been asking a couple of people. I've been asked that as we, uh, who would be your uh, your favorite fighter? Any sport, any combat, like it could be like I said, boxing, MMA, could be taekwondo, could be kickboxing. If you had to pick one fighter, who would be your favorite fighter? Oh, uh, that's really hard. <laughs> I know it's um, a good. I'll ask why as well then in a second. <laughs> Favorite one, 
Um, I suppose, like, to watch one of probably my favourite fighters would be Vitaly at the moment. Just... Not like here. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. He's exciting to watch already. He is exciting to watch. So, yeah. Yeah. He's exciting to watch. Um, does a lot of new things coming into Taekwondo nowadays, like kind of bringing back a lot of old style of stuff. And I think actually, like in terms of competition as a whole, not even just um, him, but like it does, it definitely has stepped up again. Like people introducing new stuff. And yeah, I think like there is so many people that are just getting so good. And it's like it makes for amazing tournaments and stuff to watch. Like I watched some of the Irish Open um, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, and like even just some of the young fighters, I was like, "Geez, like it's so good to watch nowadays." Yeah, it was a, a lot of good matches across a lot of divisions at the Irish Open. Like there's a if you took if you took to the YouTube to YouTube to Bram and Dan, you could you could watch great fights all day. Like and across yeah. like across male divisions, female divisions, there's just great fights. All around, and I thought that was good as well. The fact there was a good lot of people from Taekwondo, like names that you know, that you were able to yeah. watch. And I think I always give them. You're like, oh yeah, I know you. Like, I give you a little bit of my support now because you're in a different ring. But hats off, like, yeah, definitely. I, uh, I think it's evolving all the time, and it's it's so good, so good to watch. I think I lose hours of my day just. Like scrolling Instagram and stuff, just watching people fighting people I don't even know, and just kind of taking on board what everyone's doing and stuff like that. Yeah, I think everybody's the same. Like they're just constantly watching something, somebody doing something, so you can you pick something up. Yeah, try it yourself. Usually, I can't manage and like fall flat on my face, but it's cool because I train by myself. So it's fine. <laughs> That that's what helps. I find even if I don't, um, even if I don't, if I try it myself and it's not something I'm going to use, it could be something that you could maybe try to bring into a class, and then maybe somebody else could use it, or they could make it their own, and they could try it. And if it works for them, then then great. Yes, as well, like that makes what that makes like be a good teacher as well. If something that you're not necessarily good at or can kind of find a flow to, but you introduce it to other people and are good enough or can manage to explain it well enough that they can then find their flow and not everyone's going to be the same have the same strengths and weaknesses so yeah in terms of like teaching and things like that it's so important to be able to adapt and teach people to find their own style rather than just try to copy what you do because like what I do is different from what 99% of my students will do so yeah, it's definitely good to be able to adapt and things like that. So, hundred percent. And do you think? Do you think the Euros is going to happen this year? Uh, I'd like to say yes, but to be honest, I don't think so because it's just it's just manic at the moment. Like it seems like it's just not gonna. In terms of like logistics, if the World Cup goes ahead, like Not where are going to put the Euros? Yeah, me too as well. But yeah, it's just, it comes down to like a money thing as well for a lot of people in terms of Taekwondo. Like there's no funding. So 
do you, 100%. how do you afford to pay possibly tournaments and not get to go to two? So yeah, I'd I'd like to say yes, but I think it's I think it's more a write off for this year. Yeah, I like that. It's it's grand to say oh yeah, the tournament's going to take place, but all gyms are closed. So how are people going to train? So it's grand to say yeah, the tournament will be on, but. If people don't train, then they're not going to go. And like you said, and then there's the money. So people aren't going to spend money to go to a tournament they haven't trained for. So if nobody turns up, then there's no tournament. So I think that's a bit. I think, like you said, yeah, I think this year is going to be going to be a write-off for for tournaments and competing. Yeah, and I I think as well, like as hard a decision as it is as well. Like I mean, I haven't uh, missed a Euro since. 2012 this is my first one that like I've not been out or it's a little bit different but um like like you say like if you've not trained for it you can't do yourself justice by going and kind of doing like a half-assed effort like uh I think they're better just to give people the time to bounce back after after all of this and really try to get back on form and back to normality before a tournament springs up I just think it's like it wouldn't be wise to do it but yeah, yeah. I was going for this would have been my 11th Euros in a row so to not go it's wow. kind of, not to be one is kind of strange yeah it's been I'm around a good bit now it feels, it feels like I'm around <laughs> forever like I'm feeling very old at times but uh not being too old like 25 but it feels like just because of so many tournaments done it uh, feels like I'm around that I'm around ages. Even like this year, yeah. I, I was the oldest person on our team this year. Now, only by about two <laughs> weeks. Like like Sarah, Sarah, the hands only a small bit. Is only two weeks younger. So like we were the two oldest on the team this year, which is uh, it's kind of it's a scary thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have um, we do have some seniors. Like I'm only well, I'm 22 next week, but. Um, yeah, I'm the same. Like on the team since I was well 13, like training with them all. So to kind of go from being at the very, very bottom, the youngest, and basically yeah. work my way through all the years to now being like one of the well, I suppose like quite often get um, put in as like female team captain or whatever. And I'm like, wait, I'm still only like <laughs> I'm still the baby of the team, but it's really not now. Like it's definitely a different uh different responsibilities in terms of like looking after the younger ones coming through and things like that like it does feel feel strange being the older one but yeah I mean I still have Gilles so he's older and he's there's no way he'd be retiring anytime soon so I'm safe <laughs> uh it's uh yeah, you don't notice the change it's like yeah one moment you're with one of the youngest and then before you know it you're one of the older older people and you're kind of go. You didn't notice. It's only when you stop and look back and go, "Oh yeah, all those other people who are older are gone, and now it's now it's me." <laughs> yeah, you're like, "Oh, okay, cool." But yeah, like people that I um, when I was younger that I would have looked up at being kind of in this position now, like they're all uh, they're all gone, and you know, like families and things like that. And like, oh my god, like. <laughs> if they all they all disappeared now but um yeah it's it's nice to be the one that everyone looks up to in your team or at least i hope 
look up to the people that are older but um yeah it's like a different responsibility and a different role within the team uh like with the coaches even as well like you definitely have to kind of take that step and change change the way you look at it when you're older yeah different 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 roles on the team but um i think we're yeah we're at about an hour we've been chatting for about an hour i think and uh I think it's maybe a, a good time to finish it up. I don't think I have overly anything I want to, to chat about unless you went and you want to chat about. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I think I think we've covered quite a lot. I think it's been really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like, th- thanks a million for uh, for coming on and having the chat. No, no, I really enjoyed it actually, and I've listened to pretty much. Well, no, I have listened to all other uh, episodes. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's been really nice to actually be on it myself, but I still do you think you back to this one? Sounds like. Pardon? Do you think you listen back to this one? <laughs> uh, maybe I'll maybe let other people listen first and then put myself through that pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had a lot. Most of the people who've been on haven't. They've listened to the other ones, but uh, they haven't listened back to themselves because you know people don't like to hear themselves talk. But uh, but yeah. So hopefully you will, and hopefully you'll, you'll enjoy listening back. <laughs> yeah well maybe we'll see i'll probably be forced into listening to parts because i'm sure there'll be people asking me questions or talking to me about it so i should probably at least pretend i've listened to it <laughs> yeah that does it happens to me sometimes i i often don't listen to them all back in full and then somebody will say something and i'm kind of like i don't fully remember that small part of a conversation <laughs> that went on for an hour over an hour so it does happen you have to sometimes be reminded of bits and pieces but uh like i said thanks many for coming on no thank you and uh uh, hope uh hope you keep uh safe keep him well and all that and hopefully we'll get back training soon yeah hopefully we get back training and we'll actually get to see everybody again at a tournament if not this year next yeah, look forward to it. Definitely. Stay safe. Yes, I do, me. Take it easy.